0: Welcome to the Criterion Quest, a continuing podcast series looking at important films and contemporary classics. My name is Chris, and I'm joined, as usual, by my wonderful co-host Lee. Hello. And uh, we are joined by a very special guest. I'm special. You, you are special. Uh, Toby is joining us. Hi. And uh, why is Toby joining us, Lee?
1: Um. Yeah, um, why what? is he? Uh, oh, we're off to a flying No, he's,
0: he's in your other, um, you know, podcast that
1: you do. Yeah. The Randomly. Great
0: Scott. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the Sporadic Scott Adventures. Yeah. <laughs> well, it should be <we> called. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sporadic, sporadic Scott watching. <laughs> sporadic Scott. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, well, Toby's joining us because we're doing a very special episode where we're looking back at 2021, some of our favourite films. And others. And that others. That we yeah. saw. This <laughs> is our uh, annual wrap-up episode. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be the first episode we're putting out for a, quite a while as well. We're coming back after our little bit of a end-of-year break while Lee was off, um, you know, finishing up school for the year and I was hectic with my work and it's it's good to be back recording. And in that meantime, we all watched a fuckload of movies.
1: Yes, I'm really proud of myself because last year we did this, I'd, I'd seen like a few and this time I really feel like I've put in the effort and saw a lot more
0: yeah i mean last year was tough because it was the first year of the pandemic and it's just like eh mm. whereas like the 2021 it's like oh no we're kind of we're old hats at this now <laughs> we're yeah. used to it and i know how like... to sit on the couch and watch a lot of movies instead yeah.
1: <laughs> and i think also knowing it was coming up i really forced myself to watch a lot but we've actually just come from the cinemas
0: yeah yeah out of a um kind of uh, i came up with the idea of I saw what I uh, I ended up being my favorite film of the year at the movies uh, the other day, and I thought, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna drag these two to go see it as well, and then we'll record right after. So we'll get into more of that one, I think, later on in the episode. Mm-hmm. Or do we want to? Fuck Might it, we'll just start. Let's get into it. Let's just it. dive into it straight away. Uh, my number one film. Oh yeah, we'll also say uh, heaps of spoilers in this. Yes. Um, i'll do my best to kind of categorize stuff in the episode description with some time codes Mm. so if you want to skip ahead to some stuff uh, avoid some spoilers we'll give you some info there of where to jump around to (laughs) if needed uh but right off the bat my number one film of 2021 licorice pizza
1: yes and that's what we just came from seeing at the aster
0: yep. yes yeah and a brisk 10 a.m session yeah that was brisk <laughs> yeah way too early <laughs> yeah still half asleep <laughs> yeah.
1: and we had some polarizing views
0: we did so obviously i fucking loved this movie. It was the second time I watched it. Um, I almost loved it even more the second time. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. It was boring. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like I said, we've got some polarising views. Yeah. Um. So Chris sort of gave me a rundown before I saw it and I was like, I am not in. This sounds boring. I don't want to see it. And yeah. I've just come from watching it and I fucking
0: loved it too. High fives. Yeah! Not for Toby. <laughs> you get no high
2: fives. It was fine, it was It was, it was, it was okay. It yep. bored me, It just nothing happens.
0: I mean, the easiest thing it draw, to draw a comparison to, it is Paul Thomas Anderson's Once Upon a Time
2: in Hollywood. Yeah, it's nowhere near as good.
1: It's interesting because, I think because you did give me that rundown, it helped me sort of relax into the film a little bit more, and I think if you hadn't have told me what you did, I might have probably not uh, haven't enjoyed it as much, so do you yeah. want
0: to... Well, yeah, I mean, like, uh, the, the e- why it's an easy comparison to draw with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is because it's, it's a film where so much happens and nothing happens, yeah. and it is just a two and a quarter hours of following the lives of these two characters and l- let's just experience that. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't like there are some very deep character stuff that ends up happening in this film not as much as it's less of a character examination as once upon a time in hollywood um very they were very different films like yes. I, I compare but
1: no I, I think it's a good com- comparison in, in, that in terms way of it was hanging out with people yeah, at a time and place
0: it's a hangout movie and weirdly has a lot to do with like the 70s and oddly the film industry like the 60s and 70s in the film industry and it's LA and all that. It's it's there's some real deep comparisons. Also I think like tonally it's absolutely hilarious at points, it's dramatic at points, it's kind of all like scary or thrilling at points. Toby's
2: like, "Which scene?" <laughs> <laughs> I agree with the funny part. There were yes. very funny scenes in it. it and hilarious. there was some good drama. And he shot really well.
0: Yeah, oh, so like second one shot oddly please. second time uh, Paul Thomas Anderson acting as his own DOP. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. he's be- he's been shooting his own film since Phantom Thread.
2: So mm. I just thought it was quite boring.
1: So can you tell the story that you told me? So you saw it the first time and you waited to the end of the credits where you saw
0: Yeah, so I-, I was doing that thing where I just stayed in the seat because I was watching the next film that was going to be playing at the Aster, so I just kind of hung out and sat all through the credits. And during the end credits, it comes up saying a, like, something like a very, very extreme special thanks to Gary Goetzman. And I'm like, what the f- okay, what? Because um, I knew Gary Goetzman's name because he is Tom Hanks' producing partner. And before he uh, started Playtone Pictures with Tom Hanks, uh, he worked a lot with Jonathan Demme. So I was like, oh, what the, okay, that's weird that Gary Goetzman's getting a shout-out, I'll, let me, let me dive in, like, why? Well, what's that relationship? And deep dive into a little bit more. And it turns out Gary Goetzman is Gary. The main
1: character.
0: The main character that Cooper Hoffman is playing. Uh, Down to the point of Gary Goetzman was a child actor who was in Yours, Mine, and Ours with Lucille Ball and Henry Fonda and things, and then he ended up becoming a weird little entrepreneur and starting a waterbed business where he sold a waterbed to John Peters. And it's so it's basically, the film came about by P.T. Anderson sitting down having dinners and stuff with Gary Goetzman and Gary telling him these weird fucking insane stories of his life and P.T. Anderson just been like, yeah, and? Yep. While <laughs> scribbling it down and kind of made this giant love letter movie based on this... Weird guy who was, like, this weird 15, 16-year-old former child actor entrepreneur who now is, like, an Emmy and Oscar-winning, like, you know, producer in Hollywood.
1: See, and it's, it's interesting because having that knowledge coming into the film, I just felt like I was sitting back listening, like, over beers, listening to someone tell me
0: fucking weird stories. Weird stories from there. Because the, that's the thing, like, the film... It, at no point, like, does it exp- explicitly explain time jumps or anything, but it takes place over like a couple year and a half to a couple of years, mm. and it's like this prolonged thing that just, like, I think the sitting around over drinks, telling stories. That's how the structure of the movie yes. feels, and yes. why it's very episodic, yes, yeah. and set piecey.
2: Yeah, well, I just didn't drive with it. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's totally <laughs> fair. Know. What was what, what, what was it that didn't connect with you in it? I
2: found the characters annoying. Yeah, uh, I found the story annoying. Even though what you didn't know anything about, what you mm. just said then, um, I don't know. It just just didn't. Like, we just walked out of it pretty much, so I'm still trying to process it, but mm. it just didn't work for me on, on a few levels. I just thought, oh, this is just taking forever to get t- to nowhere. Yeah. Like, the uh, whole... They advertise Bradley Cooper being, like, you know... And Sean Penn and, and all of
0: this. You're just Very like, crazy. we're an hour and a half into yeah. the movie. Where the fuck yes. is Bradley Cooper? Absolutely. Where's Sean, Sean Penn? Like, yeah. where's, where's Benny Safdie? Yeah, <laughs> it's not,
2: not that that matters or anything, because as you said, it is kind of, like, episodic in, in that sense, but it just... I don't know. It just kind of just went on went on forever and went nowhere doing it. Like
0: weirdly, um, on the press tour for this, uh, P. T. Anderson in an interview did say, like, yeah, I don't know why I made this movie that long. I need to go back to making ninety minute long movies. That's <laughs> too, too
2: long.
1: I agree with that point, and I agree with the advertising kind of s- not spoiling, but you're waiting for things to happen. Yeah. So, for example, and not this isn't really a spoiler, but when Bradley Cooper smashes two yeah. cars at once, yeah, that's that was in the like preview. Heavily
2: advertised. Heavily
0: advertised it, it's a, because it's a great great fucking shot but all it is is his end title card yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah but it's like you're waiting for that to happen I think this is where the previews kind of spoil the experience because then you're like well he must come back he must get back or whatever they must see him again because I've seen that in yeah. the previews. yeah yeah um, but for me, if I had to compare this to other works, it's Boogie Nights meets Punch Drunk Club and P.T. Anderson knows how to do a beautiful romance. It was yeah. romantic as fuck. Was it though? Oh, I thought it was like it, when they're running. Was it though? I'm not going to give it away, but the running, you, you know the bit yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. But it, Would you agree that Punch Drunk Love is one of the best romance movies? I've never time?
0: seen 100. Is that the one with Adam Sandler? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't. Well, don't
0: you only you deep dived on P.T. Anderson for the first time really this year. Like yeah, you, yeah. you'd never seen Boogie Nights before yeah, even. Yeah, Boogie
2: Nights is pretty fun. Boogie I Nights love is fucking amazing.
0: Boogie Nights. I still think Boogie Nights is my second favorite of his films, and I think I'd put Licorice Pizza at number three. And what's your first? Oh, there will be blood. Oh, of oh, sure. like, that is
2: that's a masterpiece. It is. Yes
0: <laughs> that is like a capital M mark. I've watched that
2: three times this year. It's my,
1: like fucking it's my husband's
2: yeah. favorite film of all time. Yeah. It, it, Loves it's, it. uh, i would it. put it pretty high up there for me as well. And I, yeah, yeah. it's phenomenal. It
0: is phenomenal. It, it's one of those movies like, you know, how they do, like, hey, The Sight and Sound, here's the best films of the 21st century. Or, like, you know, it's like that strict, like, hey, since the year 2000, it's like if that was number one, everyone just could be like, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I got no complaint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fair.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, but we, yeah, we we glazed over the humour a little bit, but I think it was really, if you haven't seen it yet, there's a bit, and you said this to me, I want to go see it with you, Lee, because there's a bit about <sighs> 20 minutes in that yeah. you will fucking wet your pants at, and I it, did.
0: It was the funniest... Okay, so I went opening day for it here in Australia, and it, I was in a... The same at the Astra and things, like this big, beautiful old cinema, and there's maybe about... 50 to 60 people in there mm-hmm. and so it was like not packed but it's fairly full. full yeah um and this scene it's i'll just say it involves the amazing john michael higgins uh that people would know from uh, christopher guest films arrested development things ah yes, yes yes great amazing funny actor uh there's a couple of scenes that involve him and uh, i won't go into the details of it But when it happened, the audience, you heard an audible, oh no, and like, and like, groans and shocked. And I was like, De Niro in Cape Fear, just. "Ah, ah, ah, Me too. And I knew, I was just like, Lee, there's one, like this one scene and it's early on. It's like, even if you're like, I don't know about this movie. It's gonna win you.
1: <laughs> so last night you're like, all right, let's do this. We'll go at ten am and then we'll record. And it was that that got me over the line because yeah. I don't know this, the the thought of this film. Like I was like, now nah, it sounds boring. But then you're like, all right, all right, all right. I'll take your word for it. And you were bang on. It is. I wet myself. It is
2: the point where you're
0: like, and it, it comes at such a crucial point because that way up into that point in the film, you're like, what's what, what's the tone of this? Is it a drama? Is it a comedy? Like what is? And we're then up. that scene happens, and, you know, and you're like. Oh, we're in a weird as fuck comedy right now. This is, he's making a comedy, and it's. He, the- yeah
1: he does like and the other thing he does well is awkwardness yeah so yeah there's different scenes where uh, so he, there's an early on scene where he's uh, auditioning and the, all the other kids like are little children yeah. and there's <laughs> just a shot of him sitting there in the middle of the other kids waiting to, for and, their turn and, and then they, they a call him in and, and
0: my oh. Rudolph's like Jesus <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny yeah. I, I love that he started like putting uh, Meyer into like little small roles in his movies now as well apparently all of their kids show up at the fi- in the film at some point it
2: as well he oh, made it like
0: really? a real family thing because all of
1: the haim family you were saying mum and dad yes. and all the sisters
0: yep yeah. so uh, alana obviously Al- alana haim is one of the you know she's the lead of the film and playing her parents in the film are her actual parents and her sisters are playing her sisters so it's
1: oh but it works because there's a moment where she cracks it and like has a sibling rivalry like a little spat and it's just after
0: Lance uh, is I must respectfully decline I am an atheist yeah (laughs) so fucking funny
1: Um, (laughs) but um what's his name Cooper Hoffman yes I've got to say I fell in love with him immediately but not like a romantic love he's the sweetest
2: character <laughs> you didn't get romantically involved with you <laughs> no
1: um, how old is he like I think he's 17 in real life okay so he's around about the age that he's playing but you yeah. like when he says I love you to the little brother and he's just gorgeous yeah. I, I, I love both characters and I love that um, I don't know I was thinking like an almost famous level kind of relationship between the two leads where he's yeah, a little a, bit that's like. That's a good comparison to draw. He's like a little, like, whatever, and she's like, you know, confident. But no, at, he, he holds his own, and she has so many insecurities. And if she's not putting him down, then she's chasing after him. It's a really interesting combination relationship because it could have so easily been this bumbling, like. You know, little it, boy tra- chasing after this woman, but it's yeah. not that. There's an equality to it. I it don't know. It's
0: one where, it, and it doesn't become, again, spoilers obviously, <laughs> um, it doesn't become romantic until, like, essentially the last shot of the film, and after, like, years of, like, a, a large chunk of time has passed, and it's no longer, you know, it, it's in a more grey area legally. <laughs> yeah. But it's, the thing about them, and, like, you saying it's a, it being such a romantic film, like, I, I agree, but romance in the sense of, like, it gives you that warm, nice feeling because it's, there's nothing sexual really no. between them and it's a it's a friendship and it's a companionship more than anything else where they are kind of, by having the two of them connect together, they're making each other's lives better, better. and making them become the better versions of themselves. Yeah. Can we and
2: move on to another film now? Yeah?
0: I... <laughs> no, I just also want to bring up, I think, the... uh the 25-minute chunk with uh, Bradley Cooper is John Peters, who is incredible in the film. nuts <laughs> um, he, he plays coked out real well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, and then leading into the truck sequence, I think, like...
2: That was pretty phenomenal.
0: Yeah, it's who the fuck knew P.T. Anderson was going to pull out of Wages of Fear, Clouseau, like that, you know, that whole sequence, that's fucking incredible and like edgy a seat thing and the way he incorporates that like it's this brilliant set piece but then it also informs so much into the characters and like why she then shifts and changes what she's doing and it's Mm. it's like the scene of her sitting on the curb just like
1: watching what the fuck like we
0: could have done like that that was fucking insane and then like yeah it's it's such a well-structured beautiful little story Yes. I, I think it is... It's my number one film of the year. I you loved You said it.
1: that you had some, like, backlash story for me.
0: Oh, yeah, there's a weird fucking discourse going on online about it, how people it's are, like... Pedophilia. Yeah, it's the dumbest shit in the world.
1: Because, well, we could jump into another film, because there's another film that sort of looks at that, and you made a comparison about...
0: Oh, yeah, well, it's, it's basically... I saw a great meme where it's, like, you know, how it's one thing, like, taking all the bullets, like, shielding something else... And it's like, okay, yeah, it's licorice pizza is getting all the brunt of the dumb idiots online just being like, this is pedophile, like, you know, glorifying pedophilia and blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, Red Rocket is sitting right there. Yeah. <laughs> which is a film literally about grooming an underage person into the porn industry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> have, <you laughs> have you seen this,
0: Toby? No. No. So, don't get me wrong, Red Rocket is fucking great. I loved Red Rocket. Um, it made my top 25, um, but it is. It is despicable. Mm. Like, it is it is a despicable... Like, that's the point of the film. He's like a Tasmanian devil of horribleness, the character. <laughs> he comes in like a whirlwind back into Texas, and everyone whose lives he, like, interacts with, he fucks up and makes everyone's lives worse and then he's like and just
2: leaves. Yeah, it's been making a list of a few like YouTubers that I watched. watched. Like it was some blokes number one as well.
0: It's really fucking good. Um, I say that as a fan of, Simon, uh, of Sean Baker's previous works. I really liked um, Florida Project. And tangerine is amazing. So, I don't think
2: I've, I think I've seen one of them. Mm.
0: Claire, I went to a preview screening of that one with Claire, and she <laughs> when the movie like we had people walking out of the preview screening wow. in- for, Red Rocket. for Red Rocket, yeah, and it was one where like the distributors are there and stuff, and they're just like. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and it was one where, like, I said, like, it's weird that we saw this in like our giant, like, shopping mall multiplex. Like, it—they're bold to be putting this out on a wide release. <laughs> but um, yeah, when we left the movie, Claire's, it's like that was not funny, and i was like, wow. I mean, it was, but they're marketing it as a broader comedy than it is, and it's just like, yeah, it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> it's down and dirty. It's shot on sixteen mm It's it's an odd little lovely film. I. It's, it's a mean, nasty, fun one.
1: <laughs> now, do we want to talk about a film we've all seen? What about The Last Night of Soho?
0: Yeah, you watched this last night, Toby.
2: Last night? I watched Last Night.
0: Of yeah, Soho. <laughs> yeah. This is one where Lee and I went and saw at the British Film Festival quite a while ago. Yeah. Um, and you didn't dig it.
1: Okay, here is some context <laughs> to that. So, Chris and I had recorded. Something I think it was a Criterion or whatever it was. Yeah, it was just
0: an episode. <laughs>
1: whatever, but we'd, we'd had yeah, <laughs> we'd had some beers, and then we went and saw it. I think
0: I took your ticket, actually, you Toby. You,
1: you
0: <laughs> you, I think you were sick or something. Yeah, I was under the
2: weather.
1: Um, so been drinking for a while, and then drank some more, and drank some more, and then watched this. And I would say seventy percent of this movie I loved, and there is a chunk in the middle that I did not. I just was like it,
0: meh. It definitely dips in the middle.
1: But um, I love um, the style. I thought it was bonkers, but in a good way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love the music. I loved...
0: Yeah.
2: All right, my best description for that movie... (laughs) is it's a Stephen Moffat era of a double episode of Doctor Who.
0: Yeah, oh. you said this to me earlier, like... Um, it's like the
2: special effects, all the ghosts and things like that, it is just BBC, like, to a T. That's all it is. It's wow. kind of... Which is kind of lovely, though, right? Yeah, it's like, I, it's... I, I was expecting a higher production value I guess, but mm. it's Edgar and no one wants to give Edgar money.
0: Yeah, and that's so, kind of the charm of Edgar is he can keep it simple.
2: Yeah and low so budget. It really it really worked. Like um the story was kind of you know, the twist at the end. Oh yeah, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. But
1: <laughs> I actually was, didn't, but that was great.
2: Yeah. Right. Mm. <laughs> um, but like Matt Smith was great in it, Anna Taylor Joy is it? Yep, yep. and the other chick as well, she's phenomenal in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it just felt like a, a double length episode of Doctor Who. Like that's literally what it felt like, and I've missed Doctor Who because <laughs> Russell T. Babies is a fool. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I miss those kind of like it's it was cheesy, like yeah,
0: that's the, what yeah, it's and it's, and it's you know, unabashedly you know, being that it, kind
2: it, of fun. It works though, like that's it's not going for anything special or anything like that it's going for that and I think it pulls it off really well
0: yeah it's weird like
2: I think the comparison to Doctor Who
0: or like a double episode I think is so great because it's very it's like that low budget kind of slapdash kind of effort yeah. beh- not effort like you know production behind it gives it that real like classic British
2: yeah style to it it's so British like it's yeah, so
0: British. unabashedly it, so and it, then it's like you, ma- it's like Edgar like and a little bit of the Hammer Horror movies as well where it's like let's like use lighting to make shit creepy I love Some that of those
2: mirror effects yeah. Like, yeah that was just fucking hell like I had to rewind it and watch it again because it was just how, how did you do that it, it's like, him doing oh, the whipping his
0: dick out yeah. for the practical effects yeah I mean,
2: the one shots as well like it yeah was just so good um, I, really, I really dug it like I've been putting I've been putting off like watching it and then just finally you know last night mm. why not um,
0: it, it, it's Edgar kind of mashing up those styles with also his clear love of Brian De Palma movies yeah. and it is like watching Dress to Kill or Body Double or one of those ones, which I know, Toby, you're not. The, the, you watched a whole bunch of them because of uh, with Gawley and Rust this yeah. year, and you were like, I don't get. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, I like Brian De Palma when it's Mission Impossible and Untouchables, yeah. not when it's yeah. <laughs> Sisters or Body Double. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Whereas I'm the. I love his, like, weird, schlocky kind of. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think it. See, for me, in terms of the schlock or the cheesiness or the whatever, I it, it started sort of I don't know a better term to use but more highbrow and then it became Ooh. schlocky at the end and yeah. I love a good schlocky ending but and spoilers but uh the third half third half oh yeah that's the thing
2: um, <laughs> third act. <laughs> third
1: act um with the ghosts in the library and I'm like all right where are we going let's tie this up let's move on okay we get it there's fucking ghosts yep cool what next and it just sort of dragged in uh, that third act for me
2: I disagree I think the first act dragged more than the third
1: Really? Act, yeah. I thought the first act was snappy and interesting.
2: Nah, I disagree.
0: I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of with Toby where, it, like, there's a slight dip in the second act yeah. for me where it's just like, okay, where she's, like, really trying to
2: process what's, process
0: happening. what's happening. I'm just like, okay, yeah, can we, we, can we speed through this part a little bit? But, yeah, once that all starts to happen it and the Ghost in the Library stuff, that's, that's where, it, when it went full schlock, was when I'm like... Oh, I'm in. Yes, yeah. you got me. Where are we going?
2: All the bodies in the wall. And yeah. with them like, stopping her from the bed. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it's, really good it was
0: great. Yeah, yeah, it's super fun, just campy,
2: yeah.
0: p- purposely B-grade. Yeah, it was better than I expected it to be, but not as good as I expected it to be. Would you say <laughs> it is uh, Edgar your favourite of Ed- Edgar's nah. films nah. this year? Nah.
1: This year? Oh, oh I no, see no, what no, you're no. doing.
2: <laughs> yeah. I see
0: what you're doing. I see what I'm doing
1: there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, that's like easily top two or three. Mm-hmm. Which one? Baby Annette.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, no, that's a Sparks. So we'll we'll, uh, that, you've ruined my
2: order of how <laughs> I was going to jump across <laughs> the
0: stuff. the Sparks documentary. Oh, yeah. And then I was going to use that as the jumping point to get to a nest. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't
2: think that was my favourite docker this year.
0: No, no, it didn't make my list. Um, and I say this as someone who fucking loves Sparks and has for quite a few years. Um,
2: the Anthony Bourdain docker was my favourite one this year. Mm. Oh, fuck yeah.
1: Um, but Sparks, you've mentioned Sparks. Let's talk about that. So um, the, it was really interesting when we were at last night in Soho. I'm like, hey Chris, the last time I look, because we went in between the Sparks doco and last night in Soho, we had a big lockdown, and so the last film I watched at the cinemas was Sparks, and then the next one I watched was Last Night in Soho. And I'm like, hey,
0: Ed, you're right. Cinema <laughs> you're right,
1: Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, yeah, Sparks. I I loved again similar. I loved. Uh,
2: I forgot, I forgot about of that. that
1: film? Uh mm.
2: Doko? It's too long. Uh,
1: it's too long. I agree. Yeah, i think so.
0: It's two and a half hours. I, I say I love I really dug it and I love, love, love Sparks as a band. Um but yeah, it, it's just at a certain point you're like, are we literally just going album by album? Like yes. the structure of it is a little bit I thought could have been a little bit more creative. So
2: I liked from someone who isn't as much of a Sparks fan, I like the fact that they went album by album. Yeah. So it kind of introduced me to a lot of their music. Which, and, you know, there's, they, their music goes from genre to genre, and it's pretty defining. Yeah. Like there was more, there was some areas where it's like I wish they stuck on that era more than say the earlier one because mm. I found that music more enjoyable. But you know that's music.
0: Yeah, yeah, the um number one song in heaven era, like that's one of the best albums ever. Um, but it it's it's fanboyism. N- no, I uh, yes and no. I think I I think why I didn't like that structure is because it's like yeah I know. Can we get on to? I want to hear more about the story and the in, like all well, that stuff. Not necessarily this album than this album, but the point i think of what edgar was doing with the docker is it's your band's favorite band it's like no one knows this band so let's introduce them to you as toby was saying like it, it it's giving you this nice showcase of these are who these guys are we're gonna this is what their output has been Is an introduction mm.
1: and i think um <clears throat> a lot of these uh docos that came out because i've got a whole bunch here which we won't get into but about, you know, uh, important figures or famous people and then you have the doco about them. So, I, for example, I watched the Tiger Woods, I watched... Um,
0: the Tina Turner Tina Turner, ones.
1: like heaps of heaps of heaps of things. So uh, the thing is, is that when does it cease to be a documentary in the way that it's explaining their life and then when does it become a film in that way in, in, in keeping it snappy and interesting and, yeah. and you know, like if that's, the, that's the, the balance of... Um, these sort of docos about important figures because Mm. do we want a good film or do we just want to know about these people?
0: And that's the interesting Entertainment versus informative.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think Sparks was really well made and it had some really interesting sequences and then it just dragged on that tad too long about... Let's inform people about this band. Yep. And it ceased to be filmy in that yeah, way. Yeah, It's
0: like, we're totally breezing over Russell's heroin addiction. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, sorry, Ron's heroin addiction. Ron, yeah.
1: Ron's this guy. Yeah, yeah? yeah, oh, yeah. I've just got to jump in. Ron is my new favourite human. So going into this, I didn't know who the fuck Sparks were. Um, but I was going because Edgar Wright. And then Ron, with his look into the camera, and then, you know, Paul McCartney rips him off, and, like, oh, Ron is a fucking winner.
0: I love Mm -hmm. him. Um, but, yeah, you... I mean, you hit on something just before. Like, it's been a... Weirdly, this is the first year where there was only one documentary that made my end-of-year video or end-of-year list, Mm. whereas every other year there's been multiple. Um, It's... Despite that, it's been a really good year for documentaries. Um... In particular, music documentaries. There's been a fucking like we'd already mentioned, like the Tina Turner one. Yeah. But then there's of course Summer of Soul, which is probably going to win the Academy Award.
1: Oh, uh, I did. We can't glaze over Summer of Soul, can't, can't we? we? Can't we? Why not? It's so good. Okay, that's probably all we have to say there, right?
0: It, it's. Okay, I will say out of like someone who loves live music and going to music festivals, it made me miss music festivals so bad. Yes. Um, and it, it is a a very well made documentary that on forgotten footage that I think is a little bit uh, I don't know think it knows what it's doing or trying to say correctly, like in, in in the most concise way. Okay. Um, it, I rewatched it recently, and I think uh, it's got a lot to say. There's stuff. Oh no, no that's and that's what I mean, there's a lot to say, but I don't. I think it's unsure of. What it's—it's it, it's throwing so much at, at you, you.
1: Yeah. as
0: opposed to like, well, what's your actual there's, thesis there's, here? There's, <laughs> like, yeah,
1: there's like things about like it's the day the uh, moon landing was, and the but, black community chose the, to.
0: But here's here's my big thing as well. The documentary does a very subtle thing where it's like early on, it's like, oh yeah, this ran over a month, but we're yeah. gonna present it as if it was there's over a, a day. Yeah, a, yeah Do you know, that There's a does... lot of some. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I- you a little, or it's a little bit of like you try uh, the t- tweaking of some of the narrative a little bit, but no, as as not to say that that's it, it was a very important cultural event and all of that and like I said, I really like the doco but it's like it, it was ev- like every weekend for a month and a half.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> And the docker yeah. kind of really quickly tries to breeze over that. Just yeah. like
2: Ron's heroin addiction.
0: Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> so that happens That's anyway. That's going to be the yeah. comparison for the rest of the... Yeah, just like Ron's heroin, just heroin, heroin <laughs> addiction. Yeah. Um, no, well, I, I mean, if our listeners haven't seen it I would really highly recommend Summer of yeah. Salt oh absolutely and in terms of maybe what
2: and then what watch Woodstock 99
1: oh fuck yeah yes, yes. fuck yeah so Woodstock that,
0: 99 that was the yes. next that was the next music doco I wanted to get into also like I mean quick little shout out to um uh, Todd Haynes' Velvet underground documentary oh we can't like this is okay, okay. <laughs> no, we're fine. gonna be here all day we got all, all the time in the world what do we got well you guys do yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> um okay no well you said Woodstock 99 and I think it's a good one to jump on from Summer of Soul to go straight into Woodstock 99 because Summer of Soul I happened was the so train-
2: one of those bro dudes <laughs> in
0: 99 or now still both <laughs> yeah but Woods
1: uh, give me
0: something to break yeah, <laughs> rock
1: Summer of Soul kid rock the whole thing was that it happened at the same time or the same summer as the original Woodstock mm. so it's like the black Woodstock and then uh, Woodstock '99 is a documentary about people in the '99 90, trying to recreate Woodstock, but it being a very different time and place, and yeah. different music, different people, and it's a lot of white privileged, And You're like,
0: ah, oh, young... no, no, no wonder Fight Club came out this year,
1: <laughs> like perfectly addressing yes. this
0: angst, <laughs> angsty,
1: <laughs> entitled, aggressive, douchebags. Oh, douche- just... i
2: was there for the music okay yeah
1: <laughs> all right i want everyone to be honest right now who had a limp biscuit album oh of course oh. yeah
0: we were born in the 80s of course we had a limp <laughs> like,
2: we were teenagers <laughs> Ch- in the starfish and the hot dog flavored
0: water <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> i thought limp biscuits was a shit i still like Limp biscuit
0: me too have, they have a song I, I think about this often weirdly uh at least once a week i think about this. That on that Chocolate Starfish album, there is a song that opens where it's like this like this Wrong. first breakdown. And then on the micro is like, You're my this song's from Ben Stiller, you're my favorite motherfucker. <laughs> What? <laughs> I, like once a week I think about this There's a song Olimpiscuit song That starts with a Shout out to Ben Stiller oh, He's his favourite motherfucker Yeah It's so weird And I think about it often
1: But but it's It's, it's really interesting Because there's an element Of uh, how it got uh, put together and where they decided to hold it. Mm. And uh, it's on the tarmac of an airport. And so it's just hot concrete. <laughs> yeah. And, and people, no shade. No shade. No water. Blue no water. water. Um, the kids are like trying to be Woodstock in the 60s and like playing in mud. And they realise... Well, they don't realise. But then they're, just, they're, just, they're just have fallen over and they're yeah. fucking running around and shit. Yeah. There's uh, a lot of sexual abuse. In fact, there was... Um, Too much. There Too, was yeah. uh, Uh, one of the ladies who speaks... Any
2: sexual abuses to... Yeah, 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 exactly. One
1: lady started a thing about it, like, you know, were you... Yeah. this happened to you at Woodstock and but also the organizers refusing yeah, to understand the, what was best, going on that's the best
2: part that, that, that doco is that organizer just fucking losing his shit yeah. Yeah. Mike, Michael Lang yeah, where
0: you're just like oh up. wait because yeah. he was always presented with Woodstock as being like this wonderful man who brought it's like oh no you were a fucking yeah, corporate a, dickhead Yeah, but yeah. even
1: Woodstock uh, the original Woodstock was a bit of a shit show yeah it? of course yeah, yeah. Um, a well-put-together festival. But, yeah, really interesting. And I think for us being, um, you know, we were too little to go to that at the time. But we and also remember wrong, the country. Music. wrong
0: country. Wrong country,
1: but we remember that music. And so we it, can be like, fuck, were we listening to that? Ah, oh, shit.
0: The thing that I thought was so interesting, it's like we're, we're trying to recreate the idea of Woodstock, yet that's the lineup they chose. And it is so... They're not... They just looking back at Woodstock the original Woodstock where it is a giant variety of music and artists Mm. that all happened to be popular at that time whereas for Woodstock 99 it's like let's just go for what's popular not like the variety like and I I guess that also speaks to what the zeitgeist was at the moment where it was one style of music but then it Mainly, it's just, like, the fact that you have a three-day festival and there are only two female artists. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's shit like that, where it's, like,
2: yeah. And the music genre is, like, I don't think that's a fair comparison.
0: Like, Oh, but it's it's also, like, when you only... When you program
2: get a certain pro, get the... style of music, you... Yeah, would, but it's but, again, it's, like, I don't think...
0: I don't think that's really... Like, comparable like. oh no I'm just saying I'm just saying like it was more the uh, the, yeah, fi- the, the film the, the, that's, the, the that's do- everybody
2: was listening to at that, at that era so like what do you like the general popular shit you're trying to sell tickets because that's first and foremost what they're trying to do yep. I'm not defending this event oh
0: no no, no but that's that's what I'm saying like that, that's that's I, what I mean like that's I, I, what I found interesting was that whole section where it broke down why we're choosing these artists and what went into it, and it and it's so very clearly showing that it was corporate thinking as yeah, opposed to an actual they, curation of art.
1: <laughs> they broach that in the doc.
0: Yeah, that, that's what I'm meaning. That's what Something I found. Something
1: interesting was as they broach the the generation. It's not just the music. It's not just what they were listening to. There's a reason that music was popular. Mm. and It's that you know entitled, white, young you know it's just feeding bro. <laughs> so many bros yeah. uh, it, it's it's the most sickening film I reckon I've watched some fucked up shit man and yeah. this got me like you oh. watched T-Town this
0: year and that's more fucking okay, Woodstock 99 oh <laughs> no nah, Woodstock
1: 99 is way more fucked you will um, be cringing in your seat I,
0: I do I want to shout out though like I would, f- best part of the Woodstock 99 doco is how they would get celebrities to come out like in between the acts to be like the alright everyone look out yourselves Be safe, hydrate. It's like, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage Rosie Perez and Stephen Baldwin. (laughs) Stephen Baldwin? (laughs) The worst of the Baldwins. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and Alec killed someone this year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I shouldn't be laughing
2: at (laughs) that.
1: Now, the other one you were saying that you wanted to jump off from before was Annette, which I haven't seen.
2: Well, I have still got two more duckos. We've got will briefly, back to briefly touch on them. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Roadrunner, Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, yeah, let's
0: get into that a bit because both of you guys loved this duck. Did you watch
2: it? Yeah, yeah, of course yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was great. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not I don't like food. <laughs> Um, but i love food yeah i don't but like, <laughs> he's a rooster roll boy <laughs> yeah, hey there's nothing wrong with a bit of a rooster roll <laughs> um but baudine's like um show like the f- f- name's blanking on me it's not a f- it's not a food show it's no. just a it's like a you know investigator i don't even know what you'd call it yeah you travel logs almost yeah, yeah pretty much but even
1: that's like it's it's but, so many it's beyond both those things and it's it is it's, it's a
2: really him. really good look into his life and who he was and i like, mm. i didn't realize the whole controversy with the ai the um the the voiceover yeah that's an interesting one well, yeah that, that was like some huge controversy it's like what, his, what was that well because throughout
0: the film it has his He's voice narrating, narrating, narrating passages letters. from the book and, and letters oh, yes. and stuff that's not recordings. That is it's deepfakes. It's it's essentially a deepfake. It's an AI. They've plugged in. Here's ev- all of his shows ah. and everything, so the computer knows what he sounds like, and what, ah. and then recreating his voice. For and it.
1: so there was controversy yeah, around
2: it's, that. Yeah, one of. I think it was like that. The shitty wife, the second wife, or the the one that like um, the me too wife or whatever. Uh, oh, Azia Argento.
0: Yeah. No, no, she wasn't the wife. She was the girlfriend. Yeah, but... well,
2: like her. I think she's the one that cracked it. Or I, th- I think she has got I, no I,
1: right to crack anything.
2: Yeah, but um, like um, someone signed off on it. Like they wouldn't have done it otherwise. Yeah,
0: and it's also, I mean, obviously, he unfortunately was no longer alive to consent to do anything like that. But I mean, it's it's not as gross as it could I be.
2: It, I don't, don't think it was at all. Be, I didn't even know until because you it's told his, me about.
0: Yeah, it. because it's his words. Yeah. It, it's not like they're making him say stuff. No, his voice says stuff that he never said or wrote. It's you know, it's
2: it's letters, it's correspondence that he was writing to like the um his manager and stuff. Like
0: and that. and also his best friend, the artist guy. Yeah. Like yeah
1: um what i love about this documentary is the zero the zero fucks it seems to give but at the same time is very like deep and meaningful
2: It's very respectful of them yeah
1: and um it enhanced so i'm a big anthony bourdain fan huge or that i like, just yeah um but it enhanced the show for me so since watching this doco i've gone back and watched a bunch of episodes here and there and um the Vietnam one for example mm-hmm. uh, which is mentioned as being uh, a moment for him where he sort of because he never travelled yeah. he was a New Yorker you know he he started off the show the very first show in Japan and he really just just didn't get into it yet he found it really difficult to you know be himself but when he went to Vietnam he had this you know profound experience of culture and food and and that's when he sort of you know, got into his groove a bit. Mm. Then you go back and you watch that episode and it just, like, enhances what's already been, which is what I like about it. The other thing what I love is, um, and we know, obviously, this isn't a spoiler, but Anthony Bourdain kills himself. Uh, It is the most... It is the best thing I've seen tackling um, suicide. Yeah. In the way that all the talking heads, all the people in the documentary do not glorify it no there's even a scene where they're like oh anthony tony would have hated if like we ended this with him walking off into the sunset on the beach and they show that yeah. as they're saying it and then they end like a completely different way which i won't spoil but they're like
0: oh it's just fucking stupid it's i, it's I love on that a he has they have his friend like calling him a dickhead yes him, so. yes yeah.
1: i love that too it's on a whim you're feeling this thing you do this thing mm. but they they also bring up his depression whatever he had throughout so that it's
0: it's it was bi- was a but it's not
1: yeah I can't, it's been a while since yeah. i watched it but i just remember like walking away from that doco going yes you did that right that was done right because that's how it should be viewed it shouldn't yeah. be viewed as what a hero he was no it's a fucking stupid move and
0: yeah yeah well it's, it's morgan neville the documentarian who made that film uh he's he makes very fucking great and entertaining documentaries. Um, pre, like, uh, I'll run down some of his most recent ones. So, uh, 2018, he did Won't You Be My Neighbor, the Mr. Rogers documentary. Uh, before that, he did Our Best of Enemies, the Buckley vs. Vidal, which is an amazing documentary. And then he won an Oscar for 20 Feet from Stardom, the film about the Motown backup singers, mm. which stupidly beat Act of Killing for an Oscar. <laughs> I say is he's a very like he's a very entertaining and engaging filmmaker, and knows how to construct a well-done documentary.
1: Yes. And make well and done.
0: make a subject matter engaging. I'll say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And compared to all the other sort of popular people docos I've seen this year, that was by far my favorite. Did you watch Straight
0: Gang? No. Yeah, do you want do you want? You want to talk about Street Gang? Just quickly. Yeah. We're going to move on. Otherwise oh, it's going to be like four hours long.
1: Nah, no, I'm, I'm like, we can split this into two episodes That's if fine. we need to. Yeah.
2: <laughs> street Gang was amazing.
0: Yeah, it, uh, Street Gang or How We Got to Sesame Street. Yeah.
2: Ooh.
0: Yeah. I want to see it. Yeah, you, I think I told you after I watched it, like, as a teacher, you really should watch this, like... <sighs> oh. the the way that they explain how when they set up the writer's room for Sesame Street, it's half old school comedy writers Mm. and half educators. And it's like, you guys come up with the fun bits and the jokes and then work with the educators on how you can then structure those to implement learning criteria and help kids. It's amazing. Here's our Bible. And they show like the binder that they have of like, here's... And, and Claire's just like, oh, yeah, this, this, like, knowing all of what they're talking about. I'm just like, that's amazing. <laughs>
1: you told me that. So I haven't seen it, so I probably shouldn't. But you told me that. And then I was like, oh, my God. You know, I'm a prep teacher. I literally use Sesame Street all the time. Yeah, we it's do, the best. We do a unit on um, weight. And we have heavy and light. And there's a Bert and Ernie thing where um, Ernie's got a feather. He's like, light. And he's like, Bert, can you go lift that piano? yeah And then Bert, like, collapses on himself. He's like, heavy.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, I've been pertinent. Like they bring up in the doco that like Frank Oz and Jim Henson should be considered among like the Abbott and Costellos, yeah. like the Laurel and Hardys. Like them as a partnership and a comedy duo. Like goddamn.
2: Yeah. That was really good. There's so much stuff that I didn't know that it was responsible for, and like how hard it was to get that show up and running. I love. I think I got a text from you just halfway. Um, I knew you were watching, and you're just
0: like, "Wow, Georgia sucks." Yeah. <laughs>
2: the yeah. state. Yeah, they wouldn't show it they because the state wouldn't show it because there were like minorities.
0: It was. Minorities. Integra- it was. In it was an, it presented an integrated community.
2: <laughs> oh, was, uh, no. <laughs> Black, Spanish, Puerto Ricans, Mexicans, like all. No, oh, but, but, but then, Muppets. but then I love how
0: it's like the because that it was PBS. Right. It was public broadcast. And so the PBS stations in uh, Georgia were like, I don't know about this. So NBC and CBS, like the actual networks, We're like, well, fuck you, then we'll put it on. Oh, really? Yeah, that's in the docker, yeah. So until PBS is like, all right, fuck (laughs) (laughs) it. Have your utopia.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's really really good, really entertaining. It's one of those ones
0: similar to um, Won't You Be My Neighbour, the Mr. Rogers docker, where you're like...
2: Which I liked much more than Won't You Be My Neighbour one. I oh, like Sesame Street more than
0: it, But it's a similar kind of doco where you're like, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. You're like, and then it all went bad, but it never
1: I like comes. That. And
0: you're just like, oh no, this is just a. People could just be good. <laughs> and yeah, it's kind of neat that these yeah. days. Um, just before we move on from documentaries, I do just want to say the one that made uh, my li- my end of year list, and not just that, I think I put it as like number six for the year, um, number five five or six for the year uh flea i we won't talk about because neither of you guys have seen this um i'm gonna say is listeners the second you get a chance to go and see flea please please do it is an incredible piece of filmmaking amazing documentary uh it's the animated one about human trafficking please go and watch it it's fucking incredible
1: and which festival did you see it at Uh,
0: it was the opening night film of the queer film festival Mm. yeah um, so it's got obviously a lot going on in
1: it. It sounds to me like one of those ones where it's not a, a documentation of a life, but more of a film. It's definitely a documentary. It, it,
0: it's a bit of both. It's a it's a man sitting down and telling his story for the first time ever, and it's about you know fleeing Kabul in like the late eighties, early nineties with the uprising of the Mujahideen, while also the young boy dealing with his sexuality. And it's 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 fucking incredible. And it's one of the most I mean at least from what I've seen um, the most in-depth and personal stories of what it is uh, as someone who like multiple t- it took him and his family multiple attempts through human trafficking to escape Jesus. and it's it's telling you intimately this is what step by step you have to go through and what that ordeal is like and it is fucking incredible um, yeah. but yeah anyway Annette Toby <laughs>
2: yeah I think he was good Good. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, it was phenomenal. It was like one of my top three this yep. year, pretty easily. Um, number two, I think. Um, it was just fun, all time, all all round good time.
0: See, because we we originally had tickets to go see. You've Seen
2: us with it twice in a week.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> that, that was one where like I I was so surprised because we when the film festival was going ahead, MIF mm. got cancelled like a week before MIF was going to start, yeah. and it was heartbreaking. And we had all of our tickets ready and stuff, and that was one I know, because I was super amped for, yeah, because sparks and everything, and it was also one where, mm. um, because of my work, I'd been able to read the script for it a couple of years ago, and had heard like the sample songs and stuff for it. I was like, I'm so, I cannot fucking wait for this movie.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and we bought tickets for it and it was one you were like I'll go see it I guess I don't like musicals I'll just go because sure
2: I don't like musicals but they're just not really my jam yeah but it was one I know it was
0: like the two that at MIF that we had tickets for that you were kind of like I just got tickets because you were like you're so amped for this one that I might as well and it was nitram and a net yeah and then for you to turn around and just be like so that's the best film of the year
2: (laughs) i thought was second second best film yeah well i think at that point in time it was no no this is even after like because i I saw that after what your number one is which we'll
0: get to later yeah (laughs) Yeah, we'll keep that a secret
2: (laughs) Uh, it was it was fantastic like adam driver was crazy good Uh, when is he not Um, Yeah, and then the Muppet, like, or the Marionette, like that. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yep, (laughs) (laughs) and that just made me piss myself laughing. Uh, It was just the music was just really great. Like the soundtrack is just phenomenal. Have you watched it, Lee? No, you haven't? you yeah. really suck.
0: I, I've told them multiple times you need to and you're like, that's the one I'm not going to watch.
1: Yeah, literally for this episode I mean, you gave me a list of five films to watch and that one I just never got to. It could have been an hour longer
0: and I still would have loved it just mm. as much. That's what's interesting because it's long. It's like 220 or something, yeah. but it is so engaging. Yeah. Both Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard, and also Simon Helberg, dude from Big Bang Theory, yeah, he's like great, yeah. he's great in it. And they're,
2: both, they're both really good singers as well. It's yeah. Like I didn't even realise. Mm. It's just, I've, I've listened to the album on Spotify. Like, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's one of those ones. It's really good. So for
1: someone who doesn't jam with musicals to come out and say that, that's thats saying something. Yeah.
2: yeah. I
0: swear to God, if uh, So May We Start doesn't win the Academy yeah, Award boy. for Best Song. won't. Yeah, yeah, it won't because Beyonce did a song for the King for King Richard movie. <laughs> yeah, the Williams. It's all about like we can do it. Now. <laughs>
2: so that's Your cool.
1: Beyonce impressions uncanny.
0: It sounds
2: like Rod Stewart. <laughs> 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 yeah, I really, yeah, I really love that movie. Like, it's just a sweet. It's not even sweet.
0: It oddly <laughs> is though. Like the way it, it's it's a it's so funny and yeah. but also so dark. Yeah. Um, and such a wonderful—it's—it's it, a beautiful indictment on both like TMZ pop culture, while also like, you know, the artists, the create, like, and the celebrities are just as bad
2: mm. as this culture. So yeah, hey, he's a piece of shit.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of what's interesting, and he's—he's—he's he's, he's the. He's a hero and villain yeah. at the same time. It's so interesting. Anti-hero. And that all I say is like the final yeah. scene of the film is just so incredible. Um,
2: and she turns into a real girl. Yes. Yeah, so
0: girl. yeah. Well, that's it's this <laughs> wonderful, weird mixture. It's Leo's Carras. Like I love that man. Ever since holy I saw Holy Motors. Like so great. Um, so I, it was one I was so happy you enjoyed as well, yeah. Toby. <laughs> I really dug that one.
1: Um, it's not a documentary, but I know you both really like it. The Bo Burnham.
0: Oh, Inside. Inside. Yeah. Um, I technically put that as my number one. I mean, I did the thing with my end of year list and end of year video where I was like, here's 25 films and Inside as well. (laughs) Because people will get angry or whatever. But, um, yeah, Inside is fucking phenomenal. Yeah.
2: All right, what, do you, what else do you say? It's Bo Burnham, like it's it, it, Bo Burnham wrestling with his mental health <laughs> and, and during, also, lockdown?
0: during lockdown. And it's one where I think it was so beautifully made. It was well. either the New Yorker or Time Magazine wrote a piece on it saying, like, this is the first great piece of art to come out of the pandemic mm. that perfectly explains and exemplifies what everyone went through and what the mental state was, and what this is what it was like, yes, and that's. Amazing that he was so succinctly able to create something. And yeah. it, it's and the way that it flows from like, hey, it's like light and fluffy, we're doing some like here's me with a sock puppet and white woman's Instagram yes. and silly fun jokes into just like the decay, slow decay of what it was like to be in a pandemic and lockdowns. So it was it was amazing. It's a beautiful piece of art.
1: And I think what Toby was mentioning as well, the the way it's made. It's very simple. But there's things like with the light of his phone, and mm. say a mirrorball, he creates like, a, or like a projection on a wall. that yeah. It's you know creating a feeling or a or you know which at the end of the day it's just
2: him in a room.
0: Yeah, and the fact that he wrote, directed, shot, edited it himself. I mean, obviously a lot of. I
2: mean, um, we're we're pretty biased though because we're pretty big fans of both. Big so.
0: fans, but even so, it is it's a monumental piece of filmmaking. I mean, obviously a huge shout out and a lot of the credit goes to the colour timers and the people that did the colour correcting on that oh, and things okay, for it to yeah. help accentuate okay. all of that. But, And I think even he gave ended up giving those two guys that worked on that um, executive producer credits on it because it's like you guys helped. You, you get a lot of credit behind what made this so great. Mm-hmm. So you don't just get like colour timing by. <laughs> or like, you know, it's, you know, you, you, you deserve credit as well.
2: Yeah. Well... So. Oh. I guess nobody was pretty good
0: nobody was really fucking fun right yeah. did you watch nobody no. nobody is the bob Odenkirk john wick movie yeah. <laughs> oh fuck no yes i really wanted to watch that it's um, really fun no. um that all that was on my list for quite a while i think it made i've i did my top 25 and then i did like here's an additional 25 and that's definitely on there um,
2: There's not much more to say other than it's, it's Bob Odenkirk John Wick movie. Yeah, really. And, and oh, it it's, it's done by the AD from John Wick, yep. I think it is. Yep. So, um, like, you know, it's got it in its blood. Like, I think it's actually a better John Wick than John Wick.
0: And it's uh, the same producers as yeah. well. Um, a similar one where it's just like not much more to say than it's good yeah. and you should watch it is uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I think that's yeah, probably that my favourite animated film of the year. That was, uh, not mine. Oh, okay, yeah, no, actually, I forgot about that one, yeah. <laughs> actually, no, it's, yeah, it's, no, it's like my third favourite, actually. strike <laughs> like that from the record. Um, but yeah, Mitchell's vs. the Machines, really fun, check it out.
2: Um, mm-hmm. Jingle All The Ways, piece of shit.
0: You're just looking through your what you watched recently that's... Is that even a
1: 2020 No, that's like a 95 <laughs> that's film. I know that film, that's an Arnie film
2: yeah. Arnie yeah, and I gave, Sinbad I, I gave Leprechaun back, um, back in the Hood 5 stars <laughs> That says a lot about you The Beta Test That was a good one That was a good one,
0: Jim Cummings I, I always get excited when Jim Cummings makes a film um, Does one a year pretty much yeah I think he's getting ready to do another one at the moment um, he put up on Instagram like they just uh, something they do in pre-production is they re- get everyone to sit down and they record the script as if it's a podcast like yeah. an audio book to get a sense and help with the storyboarding and stuff and they've just done that for their new one so. it
2: wasn't as good as the other two that he's done uh, Wolf of Snow Snow Hollow. Snow Hollow and what's the other one? Oh, um Thunder Road Thunder Road Thunder Road is best it is. This, was, this I think would be better on a rewatch yeah it, it, it's the which thing which I have yet to do just yet
0: yeah it, it's what Beta Test is really fun and engaged like he he's such a good weirdly a good actor yeah as well that's why I was
2: well, so. I think he writes his roles
0: for he knows his lane TV. yeah which is why I loved when he popped up he's the first person to get killed in the new Halloween movie in I, Halloween Kills I that. yeah I'm just like what the fuck Jim Cummings is here yeah.
2: <laughs> um, but yeah that one's really solid yeah, just looking through. What it, oh, I watched Asperio for the first time.
0: <laughs> a 2018 film. <laughs> mm.
2: I know that's not 2021, but like, you know. Yeah.
0: Um. Well, um. one that
1: I saw that I really liked was Pig.
0: Pig's
2: incredible. Yeah, um, it's so
1: like, I would... Had you not told me that you really liked it, I would not have watched it. I would have put it down as another, It's a Nicolas Cage
0: straight to video, what is this? Yes. Yeah, and
1: I I also really like. I thought it was very sweet,
0: it's and it, bizarre. It's a great little film that it's it's oddly quiet and measured yes. are the words that I would use to describe that one, where it's taking its time to like build this universe and this world that the film inhabits, and then there's a scene about half an hour into it where he or half an hour forty five minutes in where he goes to a restaurant mm. and talks to another a former chef that he and it is like destroys him oh this movie is a mu- like this is great.
1: great yeah like and
0: it's I haven't seen Nicolas Cage act like this for a while
1: I feel like any script that comes his way he's like sure and then like you know after a while you're bound to hit a good one <laughs> yeah
0: well that's it it's also like you know dinosaur bones and Superman memorabilia don't pay
2: for themselves
0: so he's gotta <laughs> he's gotta pay the bills somehow
2: yeah um I'm gonna go um Australian film. Yeah. I don't know if it was this year. Like, I think it came out this year. But it's saying 2020 on Letterbox. The Dry. No, that was 2021. Yeah,
0: that came out in... March? Yeah. The Dry was
2: surprisingly good. It's really solid. Did you watch it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a very self-contained story. But, like, Eric Banner is really fucking good in it. And it just... Yeah, it was so much better than I expected. Even though it's, like, very you know, small country town, it, it, what happened, like, it's a good thriller.
0: It's it's a good adult crime movie, not, like, not procedural nothing, yeah. thriller. Yeah. It's, that's what's kind of great about 2021 was, like, obviously coming out of, like, you know, the back the pandemic years, it's giving a lot of opportunity for people to see fil- films made for adults, not films made for everybody, like, yeah. Spider-Man, blah, blah, blah. It's a lot of little smaller films catered for a certain type of market more people are seeing and kind of a punching through Yeah. and The Dry I think is a great example of a genre that's like underserved which yeah. is adult thrillers
2: Yeah, and like just to or procedurals just to say like you know Made in, made in Victoria and all that kind yeah. of stuff like wow I've been to that town or you know yeah. it's, it's just really nice to see
0: I mean it helps being based off a very popular book here in Australia is as it? well yeah and then what's the book? The Dry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, I <don't> know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the Dry is really great. Um, I would say there was a point in time when that came out and for the first time ever in Australian cinema history the top five films at the box office were all were all Australian. Yeah, because nothing Ooh. else was coming. Because nothing else because we were the only country that was kind of open at that point. It was like February, like uh... at the end of our summer. Yeah, and it was like all Australian movies at the box office so hmm
1: another Australian film uh to talk.
0: that's French
1: I mean uh I always say that wrong nitram nitram, nitram. get those two mixed up because they'd make no sense to me completely different yeah <laughs> two words that don't have yeah so nitram that's what I
0: try that's to that's the say. film where Martin Brian fucks a car right <laughs> 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 Nitram. Nitram, yeah, which is the best Australian film of the year, I think. Um, it's... You, you were
1: saying um, at the end, I mean, this is from Chris, that you're like, cool, i have seen it. Yeah, I don't need to see it again. Yeah, I don't need to see it again. Yeah. I am in agreement with you, and um, if you are Australian, I'm sure you know what it is. Uh, Martin Bryant film. I think it, there was a lot of backlash around this film, mm-hmm. but I uh, listened to... Uh, a podcast, and they were saying it's unnecessary. It's too soon. These are things that were said about it. I am in disagreement with them. I think it's very respectful, and
2: uh, I can see their point. I was trying to tell Rusty about this. Like, I, I think, I don't think the thing shouldn't be made. I think it should have been made, but I can see their point. Why a lot of people wouldn't want this to be made? It's not glorifying the person, no. but it, it, to me, it kind of seems like and they're not but it comes off that way that they're kind of giving an excuse or blaming it on mental illness and you know that that's that's the case he was fucked in the head but it's like also you know it needs to be shown or it doesn't need to be shown but they decided to show it it's it's a real touchy one it's hard to get across what you really think I am um, not what you really think
1: yes I really connected with this on multiple levels first and foremost is uh serial killers uh become celebrities so a lot of American serial killers it's it's an interest of people to follow and find out and and delve into serial killers and um, a lot of serial killers become celebrities and people will frequent and go to their Places of where they've it's, it's killed. An odd, it's an odd
0: fascination for some people. But
1: for um, Martin Bryant and for Australia, it's not so much. We're very different to, say, America in that way. And, um, and I think Martin Bryant has always been a topic of don't touch that, don't glorify him, don't do that. But I don't it's, think It's, it's, this a, it's film a very does
0: raw up. nerve.
1: Yeah, we don't do that here in Australia. We don't glorify them. Um,
2: Maybe we should
1: no but i think um <laughs> the other thing for me is uh, that i connected with a lot and again it's i don't think it's excusing i think it's explaining and for me um i have a, a brother with uh, learning difficulties and i know uh he's quite a bit younger than martin bryant but watching the scenes early on with the mother at the doctors and there's a scene where does he really need medication or do you need him to be on medication that kind of dismissiveness of him and his needs and his needs were never being met and and uh, it was a perfect storm gun laws were still you know we were still allowed guns at this point obviously the film goes into um, him acquiring guns illegally but still at the end of the day he was able to purchase guns legally in Tasmania. And we know, you know, after Martin Bryant, the gun laws, you know, were changed and, uh, all that. But that, that whole element of him having, um, learning difficulties, special needs, and <coughs> it, it was just a perfect storm. Him meeting that
0: very, very wealthy woman. Oh, amazingly played by Essie Davis. That's Lotto Queen.
2: Yep. That's
1: Lotto Queen. Like, I uh, yeah, I, I thought Nitram was probably in my top five. I yeah. fucking loved it i thought it was respectful and good and i and i felt like you know what's happening you know what's going to happen and i reckon the last half hour of the film my tummy or my guts just started to curl in on themselves yeah. and become tighter and tighter and you're like oh shit we're going here
0: yeah
1: i actually went to um port arthur earlier this year port arthur, <laughs> port arthur. What's it called? Yeah, yeah, Port,
0: Port Arthur. Arthur. Is it Port Arthur? You're thinking of Port Arlington, <laughs> which is in Victoria, but no, Port, Port Arthur in Tasmania.
1: Um, and uh, I, do, I do love to watch a lot of uh, serial killer documentaries and all that. I'm That's something I'm interested in. And, and for some reason, I went to Port Arthur and there was this area that was, you know... Where the massacre happened, and you can go in there and you can sit down, you can be really quiet, and you can, you know, reflect, reflect, whatever you want to call it. And I'm like, Why, what, what is this? And they're like, This is Martin Bryant. And I'm like, What the fuck?
0: This broke my brain. Lee didn't know.
1: I didn't know who Martin Bright was. And I I'm like,
0: motherfucker, okay. we were eleven when it happened. Yeah, I remember, I remember I
2: remember the schools just stopping.
0: Yeah, I was and you and I were yeah. like a similar I went school.
2: There, I went there a couple of years later. Yeah. I went to actually to Port Arthur a couple of years mm. later. It was fucking like I still I wrote... have fond memories no okay. not fond memories but still yeah
1: you but, remember it's yeah. strong memories I remember
0: like I was maybe in like grade 5 you would have been in grade 6, six or something yeah. and I remember being in class and class stopped yeah. and we turned on the TVs because
2: like it you know fun. it was
0: yeah. and so that I found fun. it so interesting that, that I had that you, no idea who
1: Martin Brown yeah. was so yeah so I go to what Port Arthur biggest,
2: like, it was one of the biggest um, events in Australian history Australia. Australia. no in the world like, yeah. yeah it was yeah. one of the biggest mass mass murders massacres
0: in the world at that time yeah. 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 Um,
2: but I, I found that but so interesting. But also a
1: serial killer, not fan, but, you know, someone who's interested yeah, I, in that.
2: I hate all that kind of, like, serial killer bullshit. Like, I, 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 like all those true crime podcasts, all the oh, terrible making a murderers, all that kind of stuff I think, fuck itself. Do you find <laughs> it... Just, it just glorifies it does, those those you know, people. Yes. And it's, it's it, turned,
0: it turns tragedy into entertainment. Yeah,
2: exactly. You're profiting off something like this, which is why I can understand all those people who crap... ...having a cry about this movie... ...it's like I can understand their point of view... ...because I, I, I agree with them... But then in the same breath, it's like, I've I studied film. I love film. I yes. think everything needs to be yes. told yes. so I can see why mm. it, this, this was you made. Can
0: under, you can watch this film and be like, that is an exceptional
2: piece yeah. of filmmaking. Like, um, but also, Judith Davies, was it? Oh, Judy, yeah, Judy, Judy Davies. Davies um, and Anthony LaPaglia. Anthony LaPaglia. He was heartbreakingly like, they were, amazing It was in this so film. well acted the, and it was so well made, but I still kind of get where they're I get coming it. from. like it's But just, I think, you know, I think that... And I don't think they're glorifying it, but no. it's... Just, you can understand, like, it rubs it, it's the wrong like, way. say,
0: if you were, you know, a family member of a victim, there. Yeah, be, I don't want to... Fu- like, I don't want to relive this. Yeah. Like, I, I, don't,
2: I don't want this to be making money. Like, you're, yeah. making, you're making money off... Of, I've lost this person. Yeah. I've lost three people. As, for my as, much,
0: as much as the film is respectful, and I don't think it's exploitative, but it no. it can be viewed, <laughs> yeah.
2: like. especially for Australia. Like what you were saying, like we don't really no, we jive don't. with that shit. So that's why it's like such a big big thing, really. And mm. the thing
1: is, whilst I might not agree with it. I'm happy that, that people are, in a way, having a bit of backlash about it because we need to continue feeling this way and being this way and not glorifying these people. Keep, even though, keeping the
0: dialogue going.
1: Even, even though I'm serial killer, like, I love all that shit. I do. I eat it up. I'm fucking freak. But, um, yes. Now, we didn't talk about the main actor, who you told me was Caleb
0: Landry Jones. Texas. Yeah, American, isn't he? Yeah, uh, you'd know him from... Uh, a couple of years ago, he was in three films that were nominated for Best Picture. He was in Three Billboards, uh, Get Out, The Florida Project. He is a Texan. Yes. And does one of the most convincing Australian accents I have ever seen in my life.
1: And not only that.
0: Like, take notes, Robert Downey Jr.
1: Yes. (laughs) This is what I was going to say. He, he, um... He doesn't go full retard. Sorry, that's it's always going to be the way that you... Put uh,
0: it. And, and also, I just brought up Robert Tanks. Yes. You know, being a, playing an Australian But as well.
1: he effectively does Martin Bryant. So, yeah. obviously, I didn't know who Martin Bryant was. <laughs> but then after visiting Port Arthur, I went on a huge like, tirade of research and interviews and listening to him. So then when I did then watch this film, I was like all over it. Mm. I, and I knew exactly... He can effectively... Uh, Someone with special needs and not be. I don't know what the word is, but he's like, he's not, he's not, it's perfect. It's not disrespectful. It's not, it's, it's, it's perfect. It's
0: a nuanced performance. I
1: I would say that he should be nominated for Best Actor.
0: Yeah. Whether he he
1: wins it or not, he should be nominated. Well,
0: he won Best Actor at Cannes. Oh, The the film premiered at the Cannes Film Festival, and I think it shocked most people, but uh, it's like winner for Best Actor. Caleb Landry Jones from Nit for Nitram. And it's amazing his acceptance speech. He comes up and he's like, I think I'm going to throw up. <laughs> and he's just like, and he ends up like almost having a panic attack. And he's like, I can't th- thank and just yeah, at leave. Yeah. It's just like, I love you even more yes. now, dude. He's, he nails
1: it yeah. in terms of not making him... Oh, no,
0: and Spike Lee is so excited off on the
1: sidelines.
0: <laughs> Spike Lee was the head of the jury that this year.
1: Uh, is so. he the one that gave
0: shit he, away? He, yeah, he, he fucked up and gave the the Palm d'Or award first. Because they were like, can we give out the first prize? And mm. he was like he thought they meant first, first prize. prize. So was like, okay, the palm dog and they're like, no, 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 <laughs>
1: no, 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 <laughs> and, and that was Titan. Yeah. The one I'm
0: Which accidentally we, said before. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, you're totally right. In I thought like while we've been recording, I'm like, ah, oh, it would have been fun if we'd come up with like our own fake Oscars. Um Ooh. in my own like if we want to do it like on the fly maybe yeah. like I would definitely give Caleb Landry Jones best actor this year, 100%. and um, Judy Davis, I guess, supporting
1: for playing oh, the mother. That she she's incredible, my heart. But the thing is, is that there's something they capture something about the time, like, and the way people spoke about mental illness and all this mm. sort of thing, and, and and I remember it. I remember it from my childhood. And I remember the way people spoke at that time, the TV shows they watched. It's not. It's more than just the fashion that they wear. It's it something was about. It a weird
0: the... snapshot of a time and place yeah. where we exist, like we were yeah. existing and, and conscious. And, and like... I just
1: think, like you know, I, I'm a, I am a teacher, mm. and I know what it is to te- speak to parents who have got children with additional needs, and they're like, at this point in time. They are, like, gun ho like, what do we need to do? Come on, let's go. Let's, mm. Pushing me, pushing, you know, all... And back then, they're so... Ex- like, oh, yeah, okay, you know, and...
0: Oh, oh loved didn't, it. Didn't you say you you work with someone who grew up in Tasmania and stuff and
1: went uh, to... Ah, yes. So I found this crazy. One of the teachers at my school, Um, I was telling her about Net Ram, and she goes, I will never watch that. I will never watch that. And I'm like, how come? Oh, Martin Bryant used to hang out the side of my school... And fucking be a weird fucker.
0: And let, let, off, let off fireworks. Yeah, but more
1: than that, more than that. Yeah. I think that it, he like, was fucking
0: weird. But the fact that like she said those, and it's like, oh, that's actually depicted in the film. It's like, ooh, okay. She was
1: in Tasmania when it happened. Yeah. She was, I think she was out of school by that stage. But she goes, that's the fucking guy. That's the fucking guy from my school. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And she's like, nah, I couldn't. It's too... And it's probably the same thing with the victims, like me watching and I'm so far removed from it. But people who were deeply affected by it, Mm. just like, no, no, no." it's too, it wouldn't matter how good the film is. It's too close.
2: Yeah. What about Bad Trip? That was a great movie with Eric Andre.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, on that incredible note and suggestion from Toby... We're actually going to leave it there for this little episode. Um, When we were set to record this, we ended up recording for about three, three and a half hours. Um, So instead of uh, just kind of throwing this all out there as one mega long episode, I'm going to break it up into two parts. So we're going to end it here for uh, part one. And then, uh, part two of our look back on, uh, the best films of 2021, I'm going to put out in maybe, uh, three to four days' time, just give you guys a couple of break- uh, days' break in there. But, um, again, thank you all for listening, and, um, like I said, uh, look across your feed in a couple of days, and we're going to follow up with part two of our look back on some of our favourite films, and maybe we're going to kick things off with some of our not-so-favourite films of 2021.